Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. Hope you're enjoying this Friday. It's a Friday when I'm recording this. Um, The smoke is finally cleared here, and I'm able to go out for a walk this afternoon, which makes me so happy. I can't even tell you. We are still in the middle of COVID, and aside from half of California burning down and COVID being in place and everything that's going on with the coming election and everything being so polarizing, there's a lot of stress in our country right now. My question to you is, even prior to COVID and everything else that's happening in all around us, did you ever have a time where you were so burned out and you were so tired and you were so exhausted that maybe you just wanted to burn your whole life down and you just wanted to run away? If that is you, you're going to want to listen into this episode. The whole topic of this episode is the subject of burnout. And my friend, my fellow coach, and a professional attorney, Marta Manis, is here to talk about burnout. This is a really important topic. And she shares her personal story about how burnout affected her, the consequences of it, and how she's bounced back from it and what she's doing because of it. She's on a mission to help people and organizations learn about this debilitating disease or issue and how it affects people, how it affects organizations. And this isn't just an organizational issue because it affects all of us in our communities. It affects our lives. It affects our kids. It affects everyone that we come in contact with. It affects how we interact on teams in organizations. So I'm super excited for Marta to be here. Um, I wish she didn't have to talk about this topic, and I wish she wasn't sharing her personal story of what she went through. But the reality is it's here as a gift to you to listen and to become aware of what burnout is and how devastating it can be. So I invite you to listen in, and I also invite you at the end of this podcast, if you need support in this area, I'm going to have Marta's information in the show notes. You can contact her, and she has an assessment that you can do to figure out if you're experiencing burnout. So please contact Marta, take the assessment if you're having any thoughts after listening to this episode that you may be someone that is struggling with burnout because the reality is you don't have to struggle with it alone. And that's really the message that I want you to take away from today is that if any of this resonates with you whatsoever, please know you are not alone. There's support out there. There's Marta can help you. If if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to Marta or myself, you know, please reach out to someone in Um, either a doctor or someone that you love and let them know what you're struggling with. Because unfortunately, out of 30 podcast episodes, this is my third or fourth woman that I've interviewed who has landed in the hospital because she has been overwhelmed, exhausted, and experiencing burnout. And I'm talking landing in the hospital with some serious medical conditions so I don't like that 10% of my, my podcast guess that this is happening to. So please, please, please get the support that you need. Listen to the episode. If you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me or like I said, um, to Marta, and we would be happy to support you. So with that, let's dive in and hear Marta Manis. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Oh, 
All right, Marta, happy Friday. I'm so glad you're here today. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I think it is really needed and really valuable for my audience. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Yeah, so today the topic is burnout. And I would I would love for you to share with my audience, um, you know, a little bit about your background and why you are personally so passionate about talking about this topic specifically with women. Okay. Well, I'm, um, I am an attorney. I've been a practicing attorney for 12 years now, and, um, I am also a certified coach and I coach lawyers and I work with law firms to create healthy, inclusive thriving work-life experiences for their employees. So I'm passionate about sharing this topic with women today because burnout is so prevalent, as you mentioned, right? We're living in a burnout culture more than now more than ever uh, for many reasons. But my own experience with burnout and learning about what it is, learning to identify it and then recovering from it is what led me down this path of coaching and really wanting to work with women to help them overcome burnout and show up in their work life in a way where they feel energized and fulfilled, engaged, and happy. Mm -hmm. So Marta, I, I love that you're here to share so much of your personal experience today and your wisdom about this important topic. So can you share with us a little bit about how burnout affected you in particular? Definitely. I'd love to. Um, My personal experience happened when I was about eight and a half years into my career as a, as a lawyer is when I fully burned out and I had to leave at that point for my own well-being. But I like to think of burnout, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Burnout takes, it could take years to build up to the point where you're completely burned out. So it's a, it's a process. It's like a slow burn to burnout. Um, and that's exactly how it happened for me. And I did not know what was happening until it was basically too late to catch it and, and deal with it before it got so bad that I had to quit my job with no backup plan, not, not even knowing if I ever wanted to practice law again. I just knew I needed to get out uh, for my own well-being, my health, my sanity. So about Eight years into my career, eight and a half years into it, my I started noticing a lot of severe physical symptoms that I had noticed years before, but I thought it was just a normal part of working in a high conflict, high stress environment. I, I constantly had headaches. I always had severe uh, neck and shoulder pain mm-hmm. and uh, digestive issues. And when I say always, I mean throughout my whole career, not always before becoming a lawyer. Right. So I ended up in the ER on three separate occasions over the course of eight years with severe stomach pain that just went undiagnosed. And it wasn't until my third trip to the ER that they had run all the tests. The doctor came in and said, you know, there's nothing physically wrong with you. And we started chatting and he said, well, what do you do for work? And I told him that I'm an attorney and he basically just chalked it up to work-related stress. Like it was no big deal and said, I'll be right back. Left the room, came back with a, 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 I'm not kidding, a brown paper bag (laughs) full of pills and it was um, anxiety medication. And Mm. he gave me like a bag of anxiety pills and said, here, this will help with the stress, you know, take these and basically have a nice day. And so I went home and Googled what it is he had just given me because he had no more discussion about what the medication was. He just told me to start taking it. Right. When I realized it was medication for anxiety and I did all the research on the side effects because that's what lawyers do. <laughs> I, I, I knew in my, I knew something in me said, this is not how I want to live my life. I don't want to be having to take anxiety pills every day just to function at work. Mm-hmm. And, and then I powered through another probably about six months at my job and my physical symptoms kept getting worse. I mean, headaches were, it was just every day I would have a headache. What It was the degree of the headache that varied, but not the fact of having it. Yeah. Um, 
there were days I just didn't want to get up. I didn't want to go to work. I felt generally just disillusioned by my job, had no energy, no drive. Um, and finally got to the point where it was so bad. I decided that I needed to leave. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I just got to the point where I said to myself, if this is what being a lawyer is, I don't want to do it. I, Mm -hmm. this is not the career for me. Um, so I resigned from my job with no backup plan and uh, I started researching what had happened to me. And that's when I started learning about burnout because even at that time, I didn't know I was burned out. I just thought this is a normal part of functioning in this environment. And it's obviously not something I'm cut out to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I started learning about burnout and how prevalent it is. And literally every single symptom of burnout I was experiencing. Wow. That's what, you know, led me down this path. I I got to the point where I was like, well, I went to law school because I want to help people. Maybe I meant to help the lawyers become better, healthy advocates. That's what I meant to do. Um, and, and that's when I decided to go get a coaching certification and started working with lawyers. Yeah. So yeah, I love your story, how it's come full circle, but obviously you've gone through a lot. And I, one of the main reasons why I had you on the show today is first of all, not only do I love you and I think you're fantastic, but I think what you have to offer women as warning signs, um, is so important. We are in the midst. I mean, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this episode to my listeners, but we're in the midst of COVID. You know, there is normal work stress and then there is now COVID on top of everything else. And that's why I thought this was such a pertinent subject because families are stressed out. Moms are stressed out. Dads are stressed out. There's a lot of people. I mean, there's so much that we aren't in control of right now. And specifically women have so much on their plates right now with trying to manage their full-time careers trying to manage being a teacher at home for those that have children, right? Or if you don't even have children, you're trying to manage a workspace with a spouse or a partner. Or if you're living on your own, you're trying to manage being secluded by yourself without interaction with other people. I mean, so people, no matter what phase of life you're in or what your situation is, are dealing with added pressures and added stress from COVID. So thank you for sharing your story. And Marta, I would love for you, based on your research, I would love for you to share what you found out. How do we know if what the difference is between stress and burnout? What is normal stress and what is what constitutes burnout? Yeah, that's a great question. And I had no idea either before I started looking into it. So it's normal and it's normal to have stress, right? We we women who are high achievers work in stressful jobs. That's just part of your job. You're going to experience stress. So the the goal isn't to not have any stress and actually acute stress can help you accomplish tasks, right? And, and really uh, get your work done. And it's necessary to a degree. Um, It becomes a problem when it's chronic stress. So in May of last year, the World Health Organization classified burnout as an occupational ph- phenomenon, and it's defined as resulting from uh, chronic workplace stress. So it's the fact that it's chronic and it goes unaddressed. And what happens when it's it lasts for years and years, that level of stress is it has long-term debilitating effects on you, right? So you're you're exhausted. It's this, it's this sense of exhaustion that doesn't go away with like a good night's sleep. When you had a stressful day and some, some stressful event happened at work, oftentimes you can recover from it. You know, you rest, you take some time away, you reset. Um, and, and that's pretty normal for high stress environments. You power through the stressful period and then you rest and recover. The difference is with burnout, you don't really ever recover you just always feel exhausted. You lose your sense of enjoyment. So it impairs every part of your functioning. It impairs your memory. It impairs uh, your efficacy at work, your professional efficacy. When, one thing that I started noticing for myself personally at work 
is tasks that would take me, you know, a certain amount of time to complete suddenly were taking much longer. Mm. And I didn't know what was happening, but I noticed that happening. I was like, why is this one thing that I could, you know, power through or pump out in a day? It's now taking me three days to do. Yeah. And I did start noticing that. And I thought, what happened? High achievers tend to question themselves. We're really hard on ourselves. And that's exactly what I did. I had a lot of shame about it and self judgment. I thought, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. I don't know, but it was all self focused and this self judgment, judgment versus self compassion. Um, so that's really what burnout is it's a long term process where you can't just quickly recover. You know, we yeah. can recover from stress, right? But chronic stress is a whole different beast. That yeah. If you don't address it, you will get to the point where you just feel like giving up. You just kind of numb out. You want to just run away. You start fantasizing about running away, <laughs> which I did often. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I think, you know, I think you bring up a couple of really good points. Um, one is about high achieving women blaming themselves. So you had mentioned it and I had, a, I made a note here to circle back to it and you just circled back to it again is, you know, there's a lot of self blame because you initially said, yeah, when I was going through it, I thought, oh, well, something's wrong with me. I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting because I wonder how many of my listeners are in a work environment that they are starting to look at themselves saying something's wrong with me instead of something's wrong with this work culture, something's wrong with these pressures that are being put on me at work. And so I think it's interesting that we always reflect on ourselves first. And, you know, you mentioned shame and embarrassment. I think a lot of women hold this so close to the vest and they don't want to talk about it, which is exactly why we're doing this podcast. And I'm so grateful you're here today to share your story because I think so many people are afraid to talk about it. People are ashamed. Like what's happening to me? Maybe I'm getting older. Maybe it's perimenopause. Maybe I just can't think clearly. And they don't understand that as we get older, we have aging parents. We have kids going through teenage years. We have work stress, maybe we're in a marriage that is unhappy or, you know, there's so many different stresses that happen to women in their forties and early fifties. And we're always blaming ourselves. Um, so I'm really, really glad that you brought that up. And it's so interesting, right? Because I've had now your, um, the third person on my podcast who has talked about, you know, being a high achieving woman and ended up ending up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, Katie Anderson talked about her experience um, when we talked about the Enneagram. Um, Also, Patty Grimm talked about her experience um, after working for Microsoft and ended up in a just a highly competitive, highly charged, highly driven environment where she was very successful for a long period of time. And then literally just kind of fell off the cliff and ended up with one year where she it was literally debilitating to her and she ended up in the hospital. And that's, and that's what will end up happening if it goes unaddressed. And that's why it's so important because it will, all the physical symptoms will get so bad that your body will force you to stop. You'll end up in a hospital. So I, I clearly remember one day I was working on a letter or emotion. And suddenly the weirdest thing happened. I just have to share the story because I've never had this experience and I didn't know what was happening. Um, the, the middle of the word just was blank on my computer, like the letters in the middle of the words. And I called our office manager and I said, Hey, look, there's something wrong with my computer. It's not typing properly. The letters are disappearing. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And she was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but you need to go home and lie down. And what it turned out to be was an ocular migraine where it actually impairs your vision. And it was the craziest thing. I didn't even know such a thing existed. So, I mean, your body will physically start shutting down and that's how we end up in the hospital. And the one thing I want to say is 
for high achievers, imposter syndrome is so common, right? Because high achieving women are always pushing themselves, right? To do more, to achieve more. They're used to pushing past their comfort zone. And so for that reason, we're more prone to burnout because we're okay with being uncomfortable. We just think it's what you do to achieve. It's how you get through, you know, law school. It's how you got to where you are now. So you're always pushing past that comfort zone. And when you start having these physical symptoms, you push past it, you ignore it, right? And there is a stigma about asking for help. You don't want to seem like you can't handle the job. You can't handle whatever you need to handle or you're not good enough. And women tend to take on a lot more than men in -hmm. their role. You know, men are really good at compartmentalizing their life. So work is work and then they have their home life. But for women, it all kind of flows together. We're just like more flowy and it's all enmeshed, right? And with all the stress at home, potentially, or, or any relationships, aging parents, now with COVID, right. it's a lot. And it's very hard for women to compartmentalize and, you know, go to work and leave all the other stress behind. Yeah. So. There's yeah. a lot of factors, but yeah. And so, so you talk about, and I'm glad you brought it up. So you had this situation where all of a sudden you couldn't see something on your screen. You had an ocular migraine. What are some other symptoms now that you've done some research on, on burnout and you've had your own experience? What are some other symptoms that women can look for in their lives that maybe are signs that they are experiencing burnout? Yeah. So some symptoms, uh, one big one is forgetfulness. If you notice you're you're having memory issues that you were not having before, that's a big one. Your quality of work diminishes. That's something mm-hmm. I definitely noticed, like the things taking me much longer to accomplish. Um, emotional reactivity is really common because you just feel, you just don't have the energy to deal with anything. So you tend to become more emotionally reactive. You're in this... Mm-hmm when you're in chronic stress, you're, you're really functioning in a state of survival and in a state of survival, our cognitive functioning is, is impacted and diminished and we tend to be more reactive. Um, so you, uh, memory issues, the inability to focus, just feeling depleted and drained all the time, like that numb feeling where nothing really excites you. And, the thing to know is this seeps into all aspects of your life, right? You can't, I always say how you show up anywhere is how you show up everywhere. So you're not going to be burned out at work and then go home and be happy and energized. Playful. and exactly. <laughs> right. It's going to show up everywhere. You're going to feel this all the time. It's kind of this underlying sense of dread. I know for me personally, the word that comes to mind is disillusioned. I was so disillusioned with my career. I was like, why, why did I become a lawyer? You know, just the sense of disillusionment with, if this is how it is, I don't want it. Even though I'd worked so hard to get there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you bring up an important point too. I mean, you know, I've done a, a little bit of my own research on this topic. And I think what happens is, this is inevitably for both men and women, I think sometimes what is attributed to a midlife crisis, right? Because what happens specifically for women is you get to a point where you're so fed up and you're in that primal state and you're so exhausted that instead of being able to cope with maybe one of these things one at a time, literally women get to the point where it's like, I'm burning it all down. Yeah. <laughs> You know, out, out with the husband, <laughs> you yes. know, out with you the job. Want, you want a fresh start, right? It's like a whole redo. Right. This whole thing got messed up. I need to redo life. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be Elizabeth Gilbert. I'm going to do my eat, pray, love tour around the world. And I'm going to eat pasta in Italy and my life is going to be great. Right. And I think that's what women sometimes get to is literally, it's just like, we let it all bottle up and we let it get to this point where it gets so bad that literally we just want to burn it all down. We just want to escape from our lives. Yeah. And you know and- yourself starting to like fantasize about having a whole different life, right? Like leaving it all behind, running away, <laughs> starting over <laughs> with everything. Right. Right. So and then you do it- yourself for that. <laughs> right. And then if you're not, and then because you can't really do that, 
I think a lot of women um, turn to alcohol. Um, I think a lot, you know, or drugs for that matter. Right. But I think kind of the most common is, you know, there's, I see on Facebook and, you know, just a lot of moms joking about, you know, yeah, I'm going to, you know, the, the one wine glass that holds a whole bottle of wine. Right. And I think so many of us are numbing ourselves out, numbing ourselves with Netflix or wine or food. I think that's also really common of just, and it's also our body's way of absorbing all of that cortisol stress. Right. Yeah. So, um, my question to you is having your own experience, doing research on it, being an expert in this area and helping other people get through this instead of burning our whole lives down or turning to substances, um, whether, whatever that may be, what, what are your recommendations? What can people do to help start to take action and take more control and be more in the driver's seat? instead of passengers along this burnout, um, cycle? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think you really need to first create the awareness around it, what you're going through. Right. And it's, it's a little bit challenging to do that on your own. That's why I really want to teach organizations how to create that support system where, people see the initial signs of burnout. So we catch it before we burn out because recovering from burnout is a lot more difficult than preventing it. Mm -hmm. So I think creating the awareness, if you're noticing that you're having these issues, uh, one of the biggest things for me was actually sharing my story and talking to people and asking for help made a huge difference, which is really scary because you're scared that, you know, people are going to judge you. But what actually ended up happening is people started opening up to me and sharing their stories and creating a sense of community and connection within my profession um, made a huge difference for me. Um, But yeah, so the first step is really the awareness. And then I also think burnout has a lot to do with not necessarily how much work you're doing, right? Because In high achieving professions, you're going to have a lot of work to do. It's oftentimes not having enough time or energy to do things that actually fill you up. So your work may be draining. And then what I actually, what I work with um, clients around is finding things that energize them. So you kind of drain your energy tank and then you have to fill it up. So finding something in your, in your schedule that you can do that really energizes you, that actually alleviates the burnout symptoms. And it sounds a little bit counterintuitive because you think, well, now I'm going to take on, you know, a passion project or some creative endeavor or whatever it may be that you're interested in. But I've actually had people do that who are super busy, but they schedule some time in there, whatever it may be, you know, going into nature or having a conversation with a friend consciously creating that space for the things that fuel you and energize you shifts their experience at work and helps Mm -hmm. alleviate the burnout symptoms. So that's a huge one. I think creating small wins for yourself. So set up like a small wins that boost your feelings of, of fulfillment and efficacy, like create a little thing that you can accomplish. And when you do that, you feel better. So you need to combat that feeling of not being good enough by creating, setting up small wins for yourself and, and seeing how you're making progress. What else? Those are some good ones. That's where I would start, but first really becoming aware and then talking about it and creating a kind of a support system, whoever you can talk to, you know, find that one person. It may not be your boss. Maybe it's your best friend, your husband, partner, whoever. And just yeah. start talking, start sharing. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really important and super valuable. And I also see kind of these uh, these inter interconnected sisters playing kind of mean together in this sandbox, which are burnout and lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right. So can you speak a little bit to that? Because was- I think this is a huge connection for women. Oh, it's a huge connection because boundaries, you know, we think if we set a boundary, we're going to be judged as we're not wanting to be helpful or we're selfish. 
So I always tell people to get more selfish. And the thing is, I still work as a full-time attorney. And the thing that shifted for me when I went back to the legal profession was my boundary setting. It became so important for me to stop working no matter what at a certain time. So set an end time for your work to be done for that day. And then I do not check any work emails and I haven't for the last two and a half years after 7 p.m. That's something I never did before. I was checking emails constantly. I would be in bed and at 11 p.m. if I heard my email notification, I checked the email and all it ever did was stress me out because there's nothing, yeah. you know, there's nothing I can do at 11 p.m. to deal with that. Literally nothing other than not sleep because of the stress and just stress myself out. So setting certain boundaries is really, really key. And what you'll notice is when you start setting those boundaries, people actually respect them. So my boss, you you teach them how to treat you at work. You know, yeah. we've all heard that saying you teach people how to treat you in life or whatever you allow is what happens. And it's so true. They, they stopped sending late night emails. They never expected a response. They, I never got, well, why didn't you respond to that email that I sent at midnight? You know, I never, I never got that, the feedback that I guess I feared and um, yeah, boundary setting has been huge. So really first creating awareness around your work habits and how you're showing up at work, how you're doing your work, sit down and list all the things that are draining you, like checking work emails 24 hours a day, or, you know, going home and working. And, you know, it's not perfect, right? It's a practice. It's not like you just ship from one day to the next and, and everything is suddenly working perfectly and all your boundaries are set. It takes conscious effort. And that's why it really helps to work with somebody that knows all the things you should do, right? And tells you, hey, let's sit down. Let's make a list of the things that are really draining and not adding any value to your day. All they're doing is stressing you out. Yeah. So what do you say to my listener who might be sitting there saying, hey, Marta, that sounds really great. And I know you're an attorney, but you know what? I don't have that option at work. My boss expects me to be sending emails at 10 or 11 o'clock at night because of the industry I'm in. Maybe I'm in entertainment or maybe I'm in the medical field and I have to be on call all the time. And you, you know, my job is like just really stressful and I can't have boundaries. What do you say to that person? I would tell them that they can have boundaries. Um, The boundaries may look different for them. And what they need to do is have a very candid conversation with their boss. Because most of the time when that happens, your boss wants to support you, right? They want an employee who is showing up as their best self. They don't want you to quit your job. So if you can go and have a conversation and say, hey, I I need some sort of structure around this, or this is what I'm struggling with. It may not be that you don't check your work emails late at night. It might be some other boundary um, just to create that boundary Mm. structure. So you need to have an uncomfortable and candid conversation. And I've had many of those and it's it's very uncomfortable. But um, the more you practice, the better you get at it. And what I've noticed is whenever I have a conversation like that with my boss, it always turns out better than I expected. I've never gotten the feedback that I thought I would get of what's wrong with you. Why aren't you doing this or no, it's always been positive for the most part. Yeah. We're, I mean, I completely agree with you. And obviously I was playing devil's advocate a little bit, but you know, the, the biggest roadblock is the six inches between our ears, right? It's us. The biggest roadblock is us. And I like you, what you said about, you know, I'm we fear the feedback. We fear it more than the actual feedback. And what I really hear you saying is we have more personal power than we give ourselves credit for. We have the ability to have these conversations. We have the ability to, to do the hard things. We're doing them anyway. And so, you know, women have more opportunity than they think to have these conversations, to have them turn out well and be supported and then realize that we were putting all this pressure on ourselves for, for maybe no reason. Exactly. Yeah. Oftentimes you're creating, well, I don't want to say you're creating an issue in your head, but like 
your thoughts, right? When you're in stress, you tend to have more fear-based thoughts. So your thoughts always go to the negative and humans are kind of uh, default negative anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have to consciously catch those thoughts and take a chance. You really have to push past that discomfort, go have the conversation you'll find that for the most part, it's going to be very supportive, the feedback you get. And if it's not, maybe then that's the time to evaluate whether or not you want to make a bigger change. Maybe that's not the right job for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, you know, I, I, I so much love you sharing your personal story because, you know, what's so beautiful about your story is you came out of it on the other side, realizing that you wanted to help other lawyers who were struggling with what you went through and to maybe prevent them from ending up in the hospital with a bunch of health issues. So I would love for you to share with my audience, you know, what are you doing now? And what is the kind of being on the other side of this journey look like? And how are you dealing with life now? And how are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, so it it is such a huge issue right now. And I'm so passionate about it because I know there's this trickle down effect, right? So I was reading an article the other day that said something like 50% of physicians report feeling extremely burned out. And I started thinking, I can only imagine how that impacts their patients. You know, Mm -hmm. your physician is burned out, you're showing up, they're not showing up, they're not capable in that state to show up as their best self, right? So you're not going to receive the best care. And I think that with lawyers or any any position, any career that you're in where you're serving the world in some manner, you, if you're not showing up as your best self, that has a trickle down effect on everyone. Lawyers, for example, are out there, you know, advocating for people and helping people go through really difficult experiences and fighting for justice and it's a lot. And when they're unhealthy and unhappy and exhausted, they're not going to be doing the best job. So that that's why I'm passionate about it. Cause I know that addressing it is going to make an impact on the world. So it's interesting because about, I took about a year off from practicing and um, started writing a book and I did go back to working in a law firm And everything has been different. So I still do the same exact work. I still do the same exact amount of work. But the way I show up is completely different. So my mindset has shifted around how I show up at work. I, there are so many tips and tools I could share with your listeners about, you know, time management and energy management and how to set boundaries. And all of them really work really well, but you have to consciously do it and you have to do it even when people around you are not doing it. And that's Mm. can get a little bit uncomfortable. So for example, I mean, I used to always be the person that constantly, which my email notification would pop up and throughout the day, I'm checking emails, responding, you know, half of them raise my blood pressure. (laughs) And now I check kind of, but I don't respond immediately. So I make a conscious effort not to. And if it's it's an email that's stressful, before I respond, I'll do like a little breath breathing technique um, just to center myself, right? And I, you create these practices that like ground you and bring you back to your internal state because you do, you you have the power to create a shift within yourself. I always say there's no such thing as work-life balance. You create the balance within yourself and then you're going to show up differently. Um, and that's what I've done. I, I really consciously make an effort to, you know, don't eat lunch at my desk, go for walks, meditate. Um, I know some people hate the thought of meditation, but okay, then just breathe for a minute. My Apple watch has the, the breathing app right. and right. it, I have a notification to remind me to breathe throughout the day. And honestly, just little things like that, all those little habits that you create that support your internal well-being really add up to make a huge difference. So you're going to start showing up differently and you're going to be doing your work more intentionally. You're not just going to race from one task to the next. You take little intentional transitional breaks between tasks and try to you know, block your tasks, right? So don't jump from one thing to the next because that also doesn't add yeah. to you to, um, to your emotional well-being. So lots of things, but 
I've, I've lived through it and I see it every day, how it, how I function and what a difference it makes. And I know it's possible. It just requires intentional change on your part and awareness. No, I think that's so valuable. And going back to meditation, the reason why I was giggling is because my husband has meditated for years, even before meditation was uh, mainstream. And I will tell you, he, he meditates every single day. He is the most calmest, peaceful, amazing. I'm so super lucky to be his wife, but he is literally just the most calm, peaceful person I know. And he attributes that to a lifelong journey of meditation. And um, he has tried to get me many times to, or tried to educate me on the benefits of meditation. And my response is always like, I don't have time for that. (laughs) And I have tried, I have tried. And whenever I try to meditate, I end up falling asleep. Uh And his advice to me is that's okay. Your body needed to rest. You know, and so um, I will tell you, I um, I got the Headspace app and I have been working on it. And I do notice a, a huge shift in how my focus, I notice a shift in how I show up um, mentally, physically for the day. I'm just much more present in my body and my mind. And it does make a huge difference. So it does. Anyone- <laughs> and what I, what I always tell people to do is um, to consciously create their day. So don't wake up and jump into your day, which is exactly what I used to do. Cause I had so much to do. I would just jump out of bed, you know, grab my coffee and go. Well, the first thing I did before I got out of bed was check my work emails. Right. <laughs> and so right. in bed, right. Scrolling <laughs> check yep. my work emails. Um, and so just take 10 minutes in the morning to wake up and not, you know, don't look at your phone. And this, this I cannot do without moving my phone to the other room. I know that my brain, my addiction to my phone will not allow me not to look at it if it's next to my bed. So you have to move your phone out of the room, wake up 10 minutes, you know, meditate for, or breathe for five minutes with your eyes closed and really set an intention for how you want to experience your day you know, tap into an elevated emotion, uh, think about things you're grateful for, kind of create like a vision for how your day is going to go. And that's Mm going to set the tone for your day. When you just jump into it, you're going to be at the mercy of whatever comes at you that day. And you're going to be just reacting versus intentionally uh, creating your day. So it's a lot about internal work, working on yourself, and intentionally creating the experience you want to have, whether at work or anywhere, because it's going to seep into every area of your life. When you make this change and you're conscious about how you're showing up, you'll see the change in every aspect of your life. Yeah, that's really powerful and great advice. So Marta, obviously you've talked about, you know, coaching with individual clients. I also know that you coach on this topic with organizations. So can you talk about some of the the benefits or the results that organizations get from hiring someone like yourself um, to help their workforce, help their teams. Um, Cause I think that would be really helpful to understand. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest is they're going to boost employee engagement, right? So um, employee retention is huge. Basically people burn out and then they think I need a different job. I'm out of here. They leave and go find another job and start the whole burnout process <laughs> all over again. Right. Just right. in a different a different environment um, because you always think it's the external and it, it might be the external circumstances that are causing it, but often it's really about what you're, what's going on within yourself. So um, companies that create like a wellness uh, support system or committees or groups, I actually read, and I can't remember what company they have an employee experience leader and that's, that's an actual position that they created where it's somebody that checks in on the employees and the employees can go and, you know, get support, whatever they need. So, yeah, it, basically it will impact the bottom line of companies if they put, yeah. if they prioritize employee well-being. But yeah. one thing I always say is I just want companies not, it, like, why do we always need a case study, right? Like, why do we need oh, it's going to boost our, our employee retention or, or our bottom line will increase by X amount of percentage. I want companies to just want to have happy employees. 
Yeah. You should just want your employees to be healthy and happy and thriving and feel passionate about what they're doing and show up that way. Cause it's, it's going to create a whole different culture within your work or organization and it will impact how your company does. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think like you're saying, Marta is, you know, there's so many non bottom line tangible results that are accompanied by that of, you know, people, people stay longer. People feel so engaged. People feel like they're part of, they belong and they're happy. They're fulfilled. That means that, that also ripples to their family life and to them being better parents for their kids. And, you know, does some, does someone being a better mom or a dad have bottom line results for the company? No, but it's just the good thing to do Mm -hmm. for all of us as a community together, because we're all linked together and we all affect each other. And I love what you said about, you know, companies being very cognizant of the employee experience. I literally, um, one of the episodes, I don't know if it's last week's, but I interviewed Paul Sandbar and he, he brings, uh, he does Lego serious play and he brings play to organizations as a way to help them conceptualize ideas, um, help with team dynamics. So he does executive coaching through Lego serious play. And he talked about having, you know, kind of years ago, the focus was on CX, which was the customer experience. And now organizations are really focused on the employee experience. And he didn't mention it in the podcast, but I'll mention it here is there are companies now that are having CEO roles where the CEO stands for chief, chief empathy officer. I love that. And I just think that that really contextualizes the importance of like you said, you know, work has permeated all areas of our lives. And I think for companies to, to be more responsible in this way and more giving and to provide this work, this type of workplace, um, it's paramount. It is. And really burnout is not an individual problem. It's an organizational problem, right? Burnout is contagious. It's going to affect your employees first and then your clients or the people you serve. So companies should make this a priority. I actually read that one company has the chief wellness officer and that's a position, but empathy is key because oftentimes we just want to feel like we have the support, right? Somebody gets it. They empathize with our experience. We're not floating out there on an Island by ourselves. And I was recently talking to a friend of mine who, um, going through the COVID quarantine lockdown, her employer, you know, never, all she wanted was some empathy. Just check in with your employees, see how they're doing, ask how you can support them. Where do they need support? Just that little amount of empathy would have made a huge difference. And having a a chief empathy officer is amazing. I love that. Isn't that great? That's great. I love that. So the one thing I actually stole from Google, I read that Google has um, this thing called afternoon tea and it's checking in with their employees. It's something they train the employees to do. So you create these wellness trainings that people can do on their own. And T stands for TEA stands for thoughts, energy, and attention. So in the afternoon, check in with yourself. Where are my thoughts right now? Where is my energy level and where is my attention? And just creating that conscious awareness can create a lot of positive impact for your employees. I love that. That's fantastic. I really do. I love that. And it's so, so needed for all of us as we manage through um, normal difficult times and then exacerbated difficult times with a global pandemic and everything else that comes with that. So Marta, I'm so grateful you have been here today. Do you have any last thoughts or key takeaways that you really want my listeners to walk away with? I want them to feel empowered and to know that this is something they can shift for themselves. They, they do have the power to change their situation, right? There's so many things we can't control, like what's happening in the world right now and um, everything. I won't list everything, but politics and racial unrest. Um, Right. But what you can control is, how you show up. You can control your internal state and that really creates a ripple effect. It will 
impact and affect everything in your life, every relationship, your, how you show up as a mother, as a partner. And I think I just want your listeners to feel empowered because I know when you're in that state of burnout, it can feel very lonely and like you're failing at something or you're defeated and that you just don't know what to do. It's this lack of feeling in control and you really do have the control and you have the power to create the shift. You have the power to create the life and work experience that you want, where you feel energized, where you're happy and fulfilled and you're showing up as your best self. And that's what I want for everybody. Yeah. And thank you, Marta. I really appreciate that. And I also want to let my listeners know, you know, this episode um, may have opened some things up for you. And you may feel like you need somebody to talk to. And I will put your contact information, Marta, in the show notes, because the last thing that I want people to do is listen to this episode, feel opened up, and then not feel like they have a place to get support. So they can contact you. You're an expert in this. You've been through it. I know you I know you will um, take good care of people that reach out to you. Um, so we'll definitely put your contact information in the show notes for people. And um, people can also reach out to me as well um, for support. So thank you for being here today. I've really appreciated the conversation and I really appreciate you sharing your personal story with everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Natalie. Of course. Thanks. Take care, Marta. You too. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Thank you.